0: Sometimes I'll uh, wear a coat that I haven't worn for some time and uh, i put my hand in the coat of the pocket, you know how you do that, and I'm uh, thrilled when I discover that uh, there's a piece of paper in my pocket and then you kind of get the feel of it, you know it's not just paper, it's money and uh, you're even more thrilled when it's a twenty and not a five. I've never found a hundred dollar bill in my pocket because I guess I never put one there but uh, they don't seem to float my way probably they do your way but there was a lady in American history known as uh, Hetty Green and uh, she was called America's greatest miser when she died in 1916 this is a long time ago she left an estate value at a hundred million dollars it's a lot of money in 1916 but Hetty Green was so miserly that she said she ate cold oatmeal because it was too expensive to warm the water to heat it or to warm it and her son had a severe leg injury and it was so severe that she hesitated and she hesitated and she delayed In an attempt to find a free clinic where it could be treated, but she delayed so long that it had to be amputated. Well, that's a strange lady. (laughs) To die with a hundred million dollars in your estate and your son loses his leg. That's really not understanding how to use your resources. This morning, uh, we catapult into the letter that Paul wrote to the Ephesian church. And we have a very short time this morning to spend on a letter that deserves so much more because it is a masterpiece epistle written by Paul. But we're looking at a bank account in this message uh, that is loaded with resources. Wouldn't it be wonderful to have one of those bank accounts uh, that no matter how much you spend, you never deplete the account? Do you have one of those? A checking account or a savings account. and, And you can spend what you want and the bank will honor them. And never lower your balance. It's a wonderful arrangement. It's just very difficult to find. But none of the banks that I deal with seem to operate on that basis. They just let me know as soon as I take the money out. And if I take more out than I put in, they really send me a note with a fairly stern message that you took out more than you put in. But wouldn't it be wonderful to have a bank that would say, just don't worry about it that's not a problem we're a bank that's what we're here for we're here to serve you just keep on spending now the book of Ephesians is written to followers of Christ who have just not realized the riches that are available in their spiritual bank account they didn't realize that they had a very special arrangement through the Spirit of God to have resources unlimited and they didn't know how rich they were some people have referred to the book of Ephesians as the bank of the believer the bank of the believer this is your spiritual checkbook and every time you write a check out of this bank your funds are non-diminished you can write all the checks you want you don't have to be miserly with the resources of God I've never been to Ephesus. I've gotten fairly close. I got just across the Aegean Sea in the uh, city of Athens and been to Corinth, but never been to, to Ephesus. Some of you have, I know. Ephesus was a big, prosperous harbor city in Asia Minor. Today, of course, if you're traveling, it's western Turkey. It's across the Aegean Sea from Athens. It was a It was a booming place in its day, right on the end of the famous Silk Road with all of its commerce and trade that emerged from such a prominent harbor. Well, today the harbor has long been filled up with uh, sand and silt and it's unusable, and the city uh, is basically an archaeological uh, find. Uh, One of the seven wonders of the world was right in Ephesus. It was a huge temple dedicated to the goddess named Diana, or Artemis. And people from all over the region uh, would flock to that great temple. The goddess, after all, is noted for having fallen from the sky. It was probably just a meteorite. Um, But there was much ado about her supposed powers. So the Ephesians bought into this supernatural phenomena and many were caught up with the worship of the goddess Artemis. And Paul brings the gospel to Ephesus. And yes, that will have implications for the Ephesians' worship of Artemis. That's another story and that's another sermon. The letter is actually written from Rome. You know, when you read through the book of Acts and you come to the very last chapter in the book of Acts and you're walking with Paul all this way, you know where you're at? You're ending up in Rome. You're ending up with Paul in Rome in a prison. He's under, under guard. And he writes the prison epistles from Rome. It's the epistle to uh, the Ephesians, the Colossians, the Philippians, and Philemon. Four prison epistles. Some of his major messages in Ephesians are grace and mercy and rich spiritual bank accounts and the mystery of it all, the mystery of our salvation and the gospel being appropriated to Jews and Gentiles alike. Well, we only have time for a slice this morning. One slice of bread from Ephesians and it's the Unsearchable Riches. The amazing bank account filled with spiritual resources. And we can stay right here in chapter 1. The Unsearchable Riches is a bank account with, uh, first of all, great blessing. Here's a verse to clarify in your heart that you have been richly blessed. It's the third verse. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. See, when you committed your life to Christ, when you intentionally made a decision to say, Christ is my leader and I'll give my life to him and I'll follow him, you were given a spiritual bank account which you could draw from. And the bank account is full. How unique is that? The bank account is full. You would be amazed if you were... Taken back into the vault to see how much is really there and to think that you are now privy to it. It's amazing and you can draw from it day after day after day. In fact there's no reason in the world to be malnourished if you knew the resources that were available to you. When you were born into God's family you were born rich. Through Christ, you share in the riches of God's grace. And here's that bank account in the next chapter, verse 7, chapter 2, verse 7. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of His grace and kindness toward us as shown in all He has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. See, we all have spiritual blessings. Or... We all have the blessings of the Spirit. It could be translated that way as well. We have all the blessings of the Spirit. You see, now that Christ is in your life, literally, the Spirit of God is in your life. The Holy Spirit has come to indwell your life. And He lives in you and He resides in you and He brings you His blessings. What kind of blessings are they? Well, they're spiritual blessings. We have everything we need for a successful, satisfying Christian life. It is within us through the Holy Spirit because we are in Christ. We are united with Christ. And now all the resources are yours. The bank account is full and running over and you have the key. Don't you love it? You have the key. And what Paul wanted to say to the Ephesians is, I don't think you quite understand this yet. About the bank account. I don't think you really understand uh, that you have a full bank account. That you have the awareness of the spiritual blessings that all belong to you. That he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Where? In the heavenlies. Now, Paul's a pretty practical guy. He He doesn't want us to live with our head in the clouds and be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. But he also doesn't want us to miss the fact that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. And now that simply means the place where Jesus is right now. He's in the heavenlies. And we are seated with him. You can read it in chapter 2. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ. And he seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Yes, I know we live in Edmonton. Our feet are on the ground or on the snow. But there is another dimension and it's our spiritual. And we have a relationship with our spirit to the heavenlies where Christ is seated on the throne. And it is that relationship that empowers our earthly journey. And we have every spiritual blessing We have grace for today. We have strength for our problems. We have courage when we're afraid. We have joy when we're sad. I don't know how many funerals I've walked away from and and, and met with the family afterwards, and they're dear followers of Christ. And even though they're so sad, there's a joy and there's something in their hearts that sustains them and keeps them. That's the blessing. That's the blessing of the Spirit. We have power in the midst of our suffering. We have perspective when the house is tumbling in and and we don't know what to do next. We're just perplexed. We have wisdom when we have to make a decision. We have an ability to not even have to know all the answers. Like, I don't know. And yet have an incredible peace in our hearts. These are blessings. We don't have them in ourselves. But when we're in Christ... We have amazing resources, more than we know. I, I think I forget the resources. I, I panic a little bit and I say, Ken, how am I going to solve this? How am I going to get through this? I have a problem. And I forget about the vault. And I have the key to the vault. And it takes a little while to say, oh, I'm not alone in the problem. I'm not alone in my surgery. I'm not alone in my suffering. I'm not alone even if I'm dying. I'm not without grace. I'm not without strength. These are spiritual blessings. Oh, and certainly at times there are material blessings and physical blessings haven't we all been recipients of those wonderful blessings and and they're probably the overflow of the spiritual blessings and careful that we're not too concerned about all the things that we can get on the material side rather than living to the fullest with the spiritual resources given us so that we can be effective and strengthened on this very day February 6 2011 spiritual blessings that come our way grace grace of god the wisdom of god the strength of God, the ability to put things in perspective comes from the Spirit. The joy that's in our hearts when it's a sad time. The peace that's in our hearts when it's a troubled time. The patience that God gives, the gentleness that He gives, the kindness that He provides for us. The love and the sense of fullness and satisfaction and significance. I mean The blessing of the Spirit, oh, we've been so blessed Have you forgotten that you have the key to the vault? Have you been responding to life by feeling so inadequate, so afraid, so weak, so exhausted? The Spirit of God is in your life since you belong to Christ. What an amazing partner to have on your team And the first thing is to recognize that you do have a partner. And second, to engage your partner, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. To review in your mind, in your heart, what He means to you and how He desires to work in your life. And to say, Spirit of God, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. So we have great blessings. Friends, look at your bank account. It's full. You have the resources in Christ Use your key. Second, we have a great mystery. I have to zip over all these incredible verses and take you right down to verse 9. Because this is one of the things that's really on Paul's heart. and One of the messages that he wants to deliver. He wants to underscore the mystery of the plan that God has made known. And the mystery, verse 9, that God has now revealed to us. His mysterious plan regarding Christ. A plan listen to this, to fulfill his own good pleasure. He's got a plan. It's a mysterious plan. He's unfolding it. And the reason he's unfolding it, it's going to bring honor and glory to his name. It's a plan to fulfill his good pleasure. He really wants this. He's delighted to have a relationship with us. So I love these words. It's a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. There's a cartoon not picking on lawyers Bob but, uh, and this, this lawyer is reading a client's last will and testament to a group of greedy relatives and the caption reads I John Jones being of sound mind and body and you know how it goes bequeath to you, bequeath to you, bequeath to you but this one read I John Jones being of sound mind and body spent it all <laughs> don't you love it? I spent it all. Sorry, I didn't leave this to you and to you and to you and to you. You can see the family. He did what? He spent it all. But with Jesus, when he wrote his last will and testament for the church, he made it possible for us to share his spiritual resources. He didn't spend it all. He paid it all. He paid for our salvation. And the mystery of the plan of God is that Jesus paid it all. It's been kind of a mystery through the years. It wasn't even fully understood in Paul's day. Things were still needing to be revealed. It was kind of like a sacred secret. How did it all work? I mean, the first people on earth were separated from God by sin. And then you remember in Genesis 12 that God called Abraham and he became the father of the Jewish nation and there was a covenant relationship with the Jewish people which seemed to be somewhat exclusive of the Gentiles but then Christ came and he died on a cross for everyone and the walls that were between Jews and Gentiles came tumbling down and that's the mystery of the gospel that it was inclusive and chapter 2 verse 14 for Christ himself has brought peace to us he united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in His own body on the cross He broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in Himself one new people from the two groups. This is the mystery of the gospel. The mystery is that the truth that had been unlo- has been unlocked and it's been opened up for all of us to see. You know, even the prophets didn't get it. They didn't fully understand it they wrote about it but they didn't comprehend it that God brings everything together in Christ that all things are brought under the authority of Christ the one who paid it all everything converges in him everything in heaven and on earth it's incredible I find it so amazing that we know him that we know Christ that he's a wonderful friend and master He has revealed Himself to us. He wants to for His own pleasure. He loves us. And it's so incredible to give our allegiance to one who loves us so much. And there will come a day when the consummation, the climax of history will occur. And everything will come under His authority. And it will bring such glory to God and to the Son. And it will be for all time. And in Christ all the walls come down. And in the consummation of history, there will be no more walls. No more relational conflict. Oh, won't that be amazing? No more fighting. No more stress in relationships. No more enemies. No more things that just go on for years and years and years and never get settled. And that's what Christ is calling his people to now. Breaking down the walls. Do you have walls that need to come down? Do you have some prejudicial walls? Do you have some racial reconciliation that needs to take place? Some family reconciliation that needs to place, take place? Some business reconciliation? Christ says, bring down the walls. I paid it all. Do you have some walls up? Somebody came to me last week after the service and said, I've been in relationship, uh, a, a relationship of unforgiveness for four years. And somebody spoke just before Christmas about forgiveness. Nor, I think you brought a message just before Christmas on the needing to, the need to forgive. And that person heard that message and said, "I just decided that's enough." And I forgave that person. I called her up and I said, "I, I forgive you." And she said, "What an amazing peace came into my life and into my that person's life, other person's life as well. I feel." So free. Isn't that wonderful? That's bringing down the walls. Do you have some walls somewhere that keep you from your best? That prevent the flow of God's Spirit? God could do so much more. Life just goes on. But there are walls. And Christ came to bring the walls down. We have a great mystery. The mystery of the gospel. The gospel is for everyone. And the gospel brings down the walls and then finally we have a great inheritance. Let me move you to verse 11. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. A young man was uh, just getting ready to uni- to graduate from university. And for many years, he had uh, admired a beautiful sports car in a dealer's showroom. And knowing that his father could afford it, he told him that was all he wanted, that sports car. Well, on the day of graduation, his dad called him into his private study, told him how proud he was of his son and how much he loved him. And he gave him a beautifully wrapped gift box. And the young man opened it, and it was a leather-bound Bible with the young man's uh, with the young man's name embossed in gold. angrily, the son raised his voice and said, "With all your money, you gave me a Bible." And he stormed out, leaving the Bible behind. Well, many years passed, and uh, the young man was successful. He had a beautiful home. He had a wonderful family. He didn't have a relationship with his dad though. And one day his heart softened. He hadn't seen his dad in years. And he was preparing to go and see his dad. When he got the notice that his dad had passed away. And he had willed, his dad had willed all the possessions to his son. So he needed to come immediately and take care of things. When he arrived at his father's home, his heart was filled with sadness. He began to search through all the important papers and he saw that Bible, still new just as he had left it years ago. And with tears, he opened the Bible and he began to turn the pages and his, his father had carefully underlined a verse in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. And if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father who is in heaven give to those who asked him. And as he read those words, a car key dropped from the... (laughs) back of the Bible. And he had a tag with the dealer's name. The same dealer who had the sports car that he had desired. And on the tag was the date of his graduation and the words paid in full. There were so many years that this young man missed... The blessing of his father, simply because he didn't trust in his dad, he got mad, he left, he went away, he turned his back, he was angry. And then one day he saw it clearly, his dad loved him. There's an amazing inheritance waiting to be claimed by all of us who are followers of Christ. Don't miss it. Don't walk away. Somebody ticked you off one time years ago and you can't get past it. Don't walk away. This morning we come to Christ and the moment we come to Christ is the moment we become the heritage of God we're born into a whole new family we become his inheritance and likewise we have an inheritance remember what the Bible says in Romans 8 17 that we are joint heirs with Christ we are but the great great blessing here is that it's not simply heaven or Streets of Gold, or Pearly Gates. I mean, those are good, and and we look forward to that. But they're the side benefits. The real benefit is that we become His greatest possession. And God gives us the ability to live forever. He gives us eternal life. Oh, what an inheritance. We are the children of God, and He will always look after us. And just so you know that the inheritance is yours, you've received the gift of the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of your inheritance. Verse 13, And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. And the Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. Isn't that awesome? The King James Version says, we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Good word. It indicates a finished transaction. We're just waiting for the documents to be signed for the new land. It, when it's all signed and finished, and, it, it will be sealed. It will be a finished transaction. And the sealing implies ownership. God has put His seal on us because He has purchased us to be His own. And He's given us the Holy Spirit. It's a sign that it's authentic. This is the real thing. The presence of the Holy Spirit proves that this is authentic. This is the work of God. My friends, if you've come to Christ, you have the Holy Spirit in your life. How wonderful to live in the awareness of the presence of the Holy Spirit. He's your comforter. He's your friend, he's your encourager, he's your wisdom. He is the one who illuminates the scripture even now as we hear. He is your power day in and day out. He resides within and he is the guarantee that all that God says about your inheritance will come to pass. What an inheritance. There's coming a day when the full inheritance will be yours. Oh, would that be a great day? It's coming a day. He paid it all, unsearchable riches.